My name's Rat, and I want to tell you about Transformers. My curiosity is aroused. Decepticons, transform and rise up! Calling Autobots! Calling Autobots! This is a battle protocol! Robots with emotions. Robots who can die. The rest. Hey guys, welcome back to another exciting episode of Fanholes, Transformers Tuesdays. Hey, what's up guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your hosts for tonight. And joining me tonight in this Transformers extravaganza are two, count them, two of my fellow Fanholes. Why don't you give a shout out, guys, and let everybody know who's here tonight. Booyah! It's Mike. Hey guys, it's Tony, and what, you never heard of Underbite? Underbite, the most famous Decepticon ever who ate your city? I know, no, right? No, I've never heard of him. Yeah, yeah, as you can tell, we're, we're actually, we're going to be talking about one of the latest Transformers animated cartoons. It's called Robots in Disguise, and this actually premiered in the United States on Cartoon Network on March 14th, 2015, so it's pretty hot-off-the-press type show and everything like that. And we thought it'd be fun to look at the first two episodes and give our thoughts on them. So that's basically what we're going to do tonight. Interestingly enough, though, I guess the worldwide debut was, like, around the end of 2014. So, like, different countries. Like, I I was reading basically on the Transformers wiki that I guess it was released as, like, pay-per-view content on, like, Chinese video streaming websites. And I did remember noticing that somewhere around that time period, all of a sudden it was like, hey, all 13 episodes are up to watch somewhere. And (laughs) I've only actually watched the episodes that aired on Cartoon Network to this point. I, I had a bunch stored up on my DVR, and I watched a lot of them. You, you know, before we were going to sit down to do this podcast and everything. But, I mean, primarily we're we're just going to be talking about the, I guess you'd call it the pilot episodes or the, the two-part introductory episode and everything. And I remember when that aired a few months ago, basically, it was, you know, it was back-to-back. So, you, you know, you got to watch the first episode and then it kind of led into the second episode. So it was like an hour-long premiere that, that everybody was sitting down and watching and stuff like that. And I guess just to just to give a rough idea of who the cast is and, and what's going on and everything, you know, basically uh, it's a group of Autobots for the most part. And, you know, the main members of the cast are Bumblebee, who's played by Will Friedel. He's the same guy who, of course, we all know and love as Terry McGinnis from Batman Beyond, or he's the, the guy that the guy on Boy Meets World, right, Mike? Because you watch that show. <laughs> yes. I've never, I've, I don't really watch that show very much. He's Eric all. Matthews, yes. Okay, he's, yeah. he's also Eric Matthews on that show. He also did Bumblebee for the last few episodes of Prime and Beast Hunters. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, it's probably important to note that this is technically a, a sequel. You know, it's kind of a follow-up to Prime, even if it's a retooling of, of the franchise in a way. I mean, obviously, 
other than Bumblebee, it's an all-new cast of characters. You've got Strongarm and Sideswipe and Grimlock and Fixit, and then there's some new human characters and everything. But I guess we'll, we'll get into that. I, I guess what I'll do is I'll, I'll go into the quick synopsis of the first part of the episode, and then maybe we can talk about it for a little bit, and then we'll do a, a quick synopsis, as quick as I can, of the second episode, and then we can talk about it for a little bit, okay? I, I just have one question, though, Derek. Sure. Is this group of Autobots a ragtag bunch that's just thrown together? It's totally a ragtag awesome. bunch of Autobots <laughs> that just totally, like, comes together serendipitously. Like, that's basically what, what, what the whole thing is. Cybertron. My name is Bumblebee, and I keep the peace around here. Try to, anyway. I guess this takes place, you know, it opens on the planet Cybertron. It's supposed to take place years after the conclusion of that awful fucking direct-to-video Beast Hunters Predacon Mabob thing that came out <laughs> a little while back. That was That was the official title. It was Transformers Prime Predacon Mabob's Rising. <laughs> you can find it on Amazon if you want to suffer through that. But anyway, th- this is after the events of, of that direct-to-video and basically after the events of the entire Transformers Prime animated series and stuff like that. So I guess Bumblebee, as a reward for all his hard work, not only does he get his voice back at the end of that series, but in this series he's a lieutenant, and he's basically, you know, he's an Autobot peacekeeper, which they they basically refer to them as street cops, and that's where he is, his career status at the start of Robots in Disguise. And he has a partner now, and it is a female Autobot. Her name is Strongarm, and she's a cadet who basically serves as Bumblebee's ragtag rookie partner, as Tony was pointing out. She's a very by-the-book type character. She wants to adhere to all the regulations and rules and she's always quoting them and everything. She's kind of like she's kind of like Lieutenant Savick from Star Trek 2, how she is. It's like every 5 minutes if she can find some kind of regulation. Sir, right along regulation 201 section 4 requires that I yeah, I'll meet you there. And of course, you know, everybody that is a normal human being is like you remember that like wait, let's ignore that and do something cool, basically. At the same time, I guess, even though she brings up all those regulations, she's probably just doing it to brown nose and everything because it seems like she's in awe of her partner. You know, I guess Bumblebee is part of the team that was on Earth, worked with Optimus Prime, and now at this point in time, Optimus Prime and the the gang from Transformers Prime are probably viewed as, you know, heroes and, and in some sense you know, celebrities for everything that they've done in that previous show. So she's she's basically starstruck kind of to be working with Bumblebee. They're actually responding to reports of a disturbance that's happening on memorial grounds for what we would find out are statues of the 13 primes and everything. And it ends up that the disturbance is being caused by this wild and crazy joyriding Autobot called Sideswipe. And he's doing all these kind of, it's like, you know, those crazy guys that come into like a parking lot in the middle of the night and they try to peel out and do like 360s in the middle of the parking lot because they think they're cool. I don't know if you've ever seen anybody do stuff like that. I have. That's basically what Sideswipe's doing. I'm doing donuts. Woo! (laughs) 
basically, yeah, he's he's doing a bunch of donuts in the middle of a memorial. So it's like he's not exactly like the the brightest bulb in the Autobot camp, but he's obviously edgy and he's a delinquent and he makes up part of that ragtag combination that's going to be formed when all is is said and done. And basically, while in pursuit, Bumblebee begins to have these visions of Optimus Prime. Like, Optimus Prime starts talking to him through, I guess, the water. And, of course, I'm going to scream about why is there fucking water on Cybertron. But whatever. He's got to have these visions, and Bumblebee's looking down into the little... I don't know, cyber pond that Grimlock and all those dudes fish at from Transformers season three. And instead of getting cyber fish and stuff, it's prime. And he's like pointing to basically earth. And so Bumblebee obviously gets the hint, even though they couldn't pay Peter Cullen to say anything at this particular moment. And he's like, oh, yeah, he's pointing to Earth and everything. And in the meantime, Strongarm is still a by-the-book character, so she eventually handcuffs Sideswipe, and they're ready to take him back to whatever Autobot precinct that they work out of. And But what what ends up happening is in the scuffle to capture him and eventually handcuff him the actual memorial statue it's these big tall statues of optimus prime the leg is damaged it starts coming down it's going to crash down on bumblebee and he barely gets away and everything and then we cut to the planet earth because that's basically where they're all going to end up and on earth we meet a character named Denny Clay. And Denny Clay is basically a proprietor of a junkyard, which is full of what he terms collectibles. And, of course, the, the quote of the the episode is, I guess he refers to his business as a vintage salvage depot for the discriminating nostalgist. So that's that's how he terms his junkyard. And he's also a father, and there's, of course, a, I guess, the, you know, through character that all the kids are supposed to see the world through and everything. And he's got a son named Russell Clay, who, you know, basically they call Rusty the whole time. And he's got this kind of, ah, I'm too old to be called Rusty. You know, like he's all, Rusty. you know, he's, he's kind of, I don't know, he's, it's not a bad character. Like Rusty's pretty cool, but then he, he, he gets kind of like, whiny and stuff in the first episode and I, I'm thinking like that's maybe because he comes from a like divorced family or something I mean they don't outright say it but like they say that the mom is working in Copenhagen and it's like that doesn't like if if they were a nuclear family and the mom and dad were together like of course he'd be hanging out with his dad if his mom was working somewhere else for business but in this case they make it like Oh, he's bringing his suitcase. Like, he doesn't normally live with his dad. So the idea I get is the mom thought he was, like, a crazy so-and-so for making this, you know, vintage junk shop collection thing or whatever. And now, Yeah, they, they you know, definitely play up the heat that, like, his dad is, like, kind of a loser, you know? <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know if he's a loser, but it seems like more like he he's the, the fox guarding the hen house type thing or something. Like, it, it's kind of like... It, it, he's not going to sell any of the chickens off because he wants to eat them himself. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he is a, a collector, you know what I mean? And so, I mean, I guess, it, it, you know, he's kind of like a lowbrow version of like Jack Knight Starman or whatever. But, you know, I, I would imagine there's probably lots of deals and swaps that go on and everything like what he deems like an awesome 
collectible and everything. But, yeah. you know, to the average Joe, you know, the way they sell it is like, this is a weird place full of, like, stuff that most people normally wouldn't consider valuable. He has the whole, like, diner that was going to be demolished on 14th Street, shipped, like, piece by piece to his junkyard, you know, and it's like, what are you going to do with a diner? But in some sense, I guess that's that nostalgic thing of like, oh, we used to all go to that diner and have hamburgers. And it's like, so he saved like the physical portion of it, I guess. Yeah, he's definitely, he's definitely a little bit of a dreamer. Yeah. 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 But I mean, it, it, to me, it seems pretty clear, even if they're not divorced, they're at the very least separated, the, the mom and dad, you know? And basically we see that an Autobot ship has crash landed on Earth and who should pop out but this new Minicon character who will come to learn his name is Fix-It. I kind of thought he looked like Rung, but the, you know, from robots in this, the, the comic robots in disguise. I don't know like if that's intentional or if you guys thought that you at mean all. Like more than meets the eye? More than meets the eye, yeah. We're not friends anymore, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he does have that same kind of color scheme. Yeah, he does, and his face looks kind of like it too. And yeah, yeah, I I thought his face looked like like if you were gonna do like I don't know if there was some kind of custom or whatever, you know, that'd probably be an easy thing to do or whatever. But that's that's kind of what what he he looked like to me initially. They kind of have a similar color scheme and all that kind of stuff. He's kind of a POV character too because he's kind of a nerdy kind of geeky thing too. Yeah, yeah, I guess I don't know. Like he he seemed he seemed a little kind of frenetic, like, because he just doesn't always understand things, or, and then he has that weird, that weird tick where, you know, yeah, he, he can't get, it. he can't say the right word or something like that, he, kind of like the character Sludge from the Ultraverse. Mayday, for the 342nd time, Mayday. This is Fix-It, caretaker minicon for the Cybertron Max Security prison ship Alcamore, still on doo-doo. Doo-doo. Judy, ma'am. You know, like, that that kind of, like, tick. I was wondering, though, the way they kind of portrayed it at, at first, it seems like he may have been damaged in the wreck, though, because it didn't seem like he, he... He seems like he noticed. He was like, wait a minute, why am I talking like this? I... Oh, yeah, maybe, I guess. I don't... It seemed like... But it seemed like he also was trying to mentally prepare himself for communicating with people in the ship. I don't know if yeah. that was before or after the crash, but it did seem like there was that moment where he's like, all right, get this right. Like, don't, don't sound like a stuttering stutterer, you know, like type. Like, yeah. Yeah. Cause it, it kind of like, like, like he's like, trying to build himself up, you know? Yeah. Cause they established, I think it was just him on the ship with a bunch of stasis pods. It was just him. Yeah. Yeah. Like he was basically the, the, the responsible bot in charge and everything. Back to, I guess, what's going on on Cybertron. You know, Bumblebee is looking for a space bridge to Earth, and he goes to the Cybertronian History Museum to find one. And then, of course, you know, I'm, I'm going to let Tony take this description, but, you know, someone confirms that there is a new mission to be found on Earth. And we were both talking about this on the chat before, and we found out we were secret brothers because we both thought <laughs> the same exact thing. So so who did you, what, what did you think when you saw the person communicating with Bumblebee and confirming that there's a brand new mission for him? Bumblebee should have just been passing out in the snow because, like, <laughs> the spirit of Prime Juan Kenobi appears before him and, like, <laughs> 
He even he even sounds like Obi Wan is like you know. Bumblebee, I knew you would understand. Optimus, is it really you? Where are you? I need you on Earth, Bumblebee. A new mission, a dire threat. Me? Go there, and we shall speak again. It's very yeah. It's like you must. You must roll out to the Digaboss system. Like, yeah. that's basically, like, what's going on, you know? Because I was like, in my notes, I was like, I called him Obi Prime. And I think when, when Tony was IMing me, he's like, oh, look, it's Obi-Wan Prime Nobi, you know? Like, so yeah. I was like, total, like, I was totally thinking the same exact thing. You know, it's that kind of archetype where you've got the mentor character as this, you know, ghostly, like, you know, Hamlet's father, you know, mentoring Hamlet type situation and everything and strong arm and sideswipe even though like bumblebee told him all right go back to the precinct you know check in sideswipe to the to jail cell or whatever they were going to do with them they end up following bumblebee because she thinks she's you know she she thinks she's being by the book even though he told her like not to follow him but he's like oh i can't leave my senior officer but she probably just wants to hang out with bumblebee because she's still kind of starstruck and all that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden it gets all tense because there's these museum guards coming by and Bumblebee's got to, like, try to distract them. And then the other two are supposed to figure out, like, okay, well, how can we get security access to this space bridge so we can get Bumblebee to Earth and everything? And then there's this funny-ass moment where, you know, she's basically, like, to sideswipe, like, you're a punk. Like, why don't, why don't you... <laughs> can disable the security, you know, and I, I thought that was kind of funny. Like, I, I like I like the way the actress delivered that line. Like, that was pretty funny. He's Bumblebee. He must have a good reason, right? You're a punk. You know how to take out security systems, don't you? No. Maybe. Uh, a little Easter egg for uh, listeners. I know Mike probably caught this or, you know, saw it. The security guards bear more than a passing resemblance to, like, Tankor's color scheme and look a little bit. Oh yeah, like what do you call them? Yeah, Viacon like the Viacon tank or yeah, yeah. So they're like, kind of like like Viacon like museum bots or whatever. Yeah, something like that. Because like they have like the the same coloring. They have like the yellow stripes on their shoulders. And they have kind of like the visor, kind of almost mono eye. Like it's not direct. I mean, they they look kind of like they they may turn into cars, but like it definitely seems like they're like yeah, let's make them look a little bit a little bit like tank or. And they, they both look like each other except for. One's got a yellow visor, and one's got a red visor. Just a little Easter egg. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In the meantime, like, basically, we go back to the, the crash site on Earth, and this is the point where Fixit is sending out, like, a mayday to Cybertron. So I guess he's trying to get himself psyched up to not stutter and all that kind of stuff when he sends out this, you know, SOS and everything. And, you know, basically his ship, it's an Autobot prison ship called the Alchemor, and it's now marooned on Earth, and the prisoners have all escaped, pretty much. I mean, there's there's a few guys stuck in the stasis cubes, but for the most part, it looks like they all got, you know, freed during the crash and everything. And then back on Cybertron, unfortunately, Bumblebee's distraction to the guards doesn't last very long. They make some kind of crack that he's a fake Bumblebee, and there's all kinds of jokey joke stuff about that. I did, I did get a little bit of a laugh at that. He's like, fake Bumblebee? <laughs> Cute. Yeah. 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 And then and then Sideswipe basically, you know, he is a punk, so he helps open up the the security access to the bridge. And then Bumblebee, of course, arrives on Earth, 
But to his chagrin, I guess, Strongarm and Sideswipe have followed him there. And then Sideswipe basically, like, runs off on his own to explore. Like, Bumblebee basically takes him out of the cuffs thinking, oh, go, you know, go run back through the space bridge. Like, you, you can go back to Cybertron. But instead, he's like, oh, I don't want to go back to that boring fucking planet. Like, I want to I check out what's going on here on Earth and everything. And then Bumblebee and Strongarm find the Minicon, fix it, and he basically tells them, like, oh, you guys are here to rescue me, right? And he's kind of like, well, yeah, I guess, but we, we didn't know we were going to find you or what this mission was going to be, you know, because it's all very, you know, Obi-Prime Kenobi spiritual crap and stuff like that. And yeah. so he fills them in, you know, he's like, look, there's hundreds of these fugitives that are on the loose that all <laughs> yeah, have escaped like from the like, stasis pod. A couple hundred. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just, you know, it, it's like a hundred or more, you know, Decepticons and everything, which is no good. During all this exploration from Sideswipe, the young boy, Rusty, he comes across Sideswipe, and then all of a sudden, they both come across this Decepticon fugitive, who is a chompazoid known as Underbite. So, and I guess we're all... Decepticon ever. Well, you know, we're, we're supposed to be uh, all uh, scared of him because his crime was apparently that he ate an entire Cybertronian city, which sounds strange, but I guess when you get into the nitty-gritty of the plot, it's that Underbite basically is a chompazoid, so he feeds on basically anything that has energy and mechanical stuff, and, you know, basically it seems like anything he ingests he can convert to energy somehow. So that's basically, you know, he probably ate up his whole city, and, you know, it seems like he, he constantly needs to be eating because he's always eating all the crap that he comes across and everything. Pretty big boy, too, so you can kind of believe it, you know. Well, yeah, he's like a huge kind of dinosaur-looking purple <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, once Sideswipe gets out from under the trees, I guess, because he's trying to find, like, a clear area so he can transform, he turns into his hover car mode, and him and Rusty, like, zoom away and everything, and we got to have, like, seatbelt safety, because, you know, even though he's from Cybertron, and maybe he wouldn't know what the fuck a seatbelt is, of course, he does, <laughs> and he seatbelts up uh, Rusty and everything, and they zoom away from Underbite, and, you know, as they're leading Underbite, you know, along, you know, basically Underbite's chasing after them. And then Bumblebee and Strongarm, you know, try to engage Underbite, and it's kind of futile. You know, they can't really do too much to them. You know, their their blasts are pretty ineffective. And then Fix-It is assigned to look after Rusty. And then we see that a new character will come to know Dinobot Grimlock. His head, like, pokes out of a nearby stasis cell. It's kind of weird, because I guess in this case, Grimlock was at some point a Decepticon, because that's why he is part of this prison ship and everything like that. I guess. Did they clarify on that later on? Because... I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't understand if he was like actually a straight up Decepticon, or if he was like an Autobot who like fucked up a lot and was just really violent. Well, cause... he's he's got he's got Decepticon brand on his shoulder. So oh, I didn't even notice that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm pretty. I'm. I'm pretty sure he's got the brand on his shoulder. So I. I mean, it's like he basically recognizes Underbite. Hey, aren't you Underbite? The con who ate that city? Finally! 
What gave me way? The muscles? The smell. Like, he's the only one, I guess, that recognizes the famous <laughs> yeah. Decepticon underbite. And, you know, he tries to piss him off because at this point, only his head is protruding out of the stasis cell. So he's still kind of incapacitated, even though his head is free. And so he starts, you know, talking shit to underbite. So underbite tries to chomp down on the stasis cell and throws him off. And then that, you know, basically the crash from the, the, the toss frees Grimlock and everything. And then underbite basically is headed towards a vintage nostalgia junkyard place and everything to start getting his chomp on. Of course, Rusty at this point is crying out because he's like, no, no, that's where my dad is, you know, and everything like that. And then it's like the dun, 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 you know, like to be continued and everything. So that's that's where it leaves off for the first episode and everything. I don't know. Do you guys want to give like some thoughts on what you thought of this first episode before we we go into the second one? I've been butting in a lot, so I'll let Mike go first. Uh, I don't know where to start. Um, I guess... Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Like, that's, that, I guess that, that sums it up pretty much, where, like, I, I want to... Like, part of me is like, okay, this isn't made for you, so don't, like, hate on it, because it isn't made for you. But, like, the other part of me is like, man, like, this this wasn't very impressive, okay? Like that's that's the most diplomatic way I can put it, and uh, I don't know. It, I, I see like symptoms of like the current, I guess, landscape and like Western animation like leaking into this, where everything's gonna be like there's gonna be an undertone of like goofiness to everything, basically, and like. Yeah. A, a, Stuff can't be too serious, and, like, you know, there's all, like, every character is a jokey character, and, like, you know, even, like, let's say Bumblebee, like, even Strongarm, like, like she's, like, Bumblebee obviously has a very serious mission, but, like, he he's saddled with, like, I, I guess saddled is the right word, with all these, like, neurotic idiots, like, to do it with. And, like, Strongarm is supposed to be the serious character, but she's... She's, like, psychotically serious, like, sort of like Ultra Magnus is in More Than Meets the Eye. Get it in gear, Cadet Strongarm. Whatever we're doing, I am honored. After all, you were there, right alongside Optimus Prime. And, and it, it almost seems like, like Derek was saying, like, it, the, the seriousness is almost like a facade, because she's also, like, this crazy fangirl, like, who is just kind of starstruck with, like... Well, yeah, Bumblebee calls, like, her and Sideswipe teenagers. Yeah, pretty much, but I don't know, like, I guess it's, it, I thought it was, inter like, the most, I think the most interesting aspect of this show, or at least the first episode, or the, the whole premise, at least, is that Bumblebee is basically the main character, which is, uh, might be, like, mm -hmm. a, kind of a first for Transformers, where it, like, where it's, like, Optimus Prime is, he's there, but he's not, like, the main presence in the show, basically. And like, oh, and I, I almost, I almost this, think, I, I almost think, I almost think that he was a ghost just so they could make toys of him, like for the early yeah. outset. That's like when I looked at the first wave of these toys, I was like, oh, there's an Optimus Prime, even though he's not a, he's just a freaking fucking immaterial <laughs> ghost, like in this. Like, 
Yeah. They should have given the kids like a friggin' I don't know, like a plastic bag with a picture of Optimus Prime on it or something. <laughs> about know. what you were what you were saying about the the landscape of current animation and how it seems like now it's a mandate that everything has that that humorous layer to it, that aspect to it. You know, like I, I feel like in some ways, I mean, I, I, I don't I know I don't consider the current Marvel XD Disney cartoons to be successful. They may very well be, but in my mind, they're all kind of crappy and stuff. But I, I guess pointing to something where I think it works pretty successfully, even though I haven't been faithfully following like every single episode, I, I feel like maybe they're trying to like go for that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon that's on Nickelodeon, like how it's like there are serious aspects to that show. You know, they get into fights and Shredder is a you know, a, a legitimate threat to them and all that kind of stuff. And there's some, some heavy things here and there. But for the most part, it's, you know, booyah and all this kind of, like, funny stuff. And and to be perfectly honest, like, I, I don't mean that in a derogatory way. Like, I, I think Mikey is pretty cute and funny, like he usually is. And it's really amped up in that particular show, like all the kind of... Like you're saying, the goofy, the wacky, the, those elements are, are put to the forefront as to maybe not focus too much on anything super serious or super heavy. So there, there's a lot of that aspect of it in this series. I don't know that it's as successful. Yeah, you know, I, I, was, I, I feel I like... like it, 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 just, just before you go on, like the, the, yeah. to sum my, what, kind of what you're saying up is... Like if you want to do that, like you you like you can't just be goofy. You like legitimately have to be funny, like pretty much. And I think Turtles is funny, but I'm not yeah, so sure it, this it show succeeds. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I I, I agree with that. Like, I, I I don't think the the main jokes, you know, whether it's the the fake Bumblebee thing or you know the whole you know I ate a city, you know, kind of thing like that. That seems to be the that seems to be one of those jokes, you know, the rake joke where they keep bringing it up, like you know, oh, I eat cities, you know, and it's like okay, like it's not that funny, you know what I mean? Because if your goal is to not get us to think about serious stuff, like when a big dinosaur says he ate a city, like all I could think of was, <laughs> well, people live in a city, so did he eat people? Like, and yeah. that's not yeah. what they really want me to think. What they want me to think is, oh, this is yeah. funny. He ate like a merry-go-round. We're too old for it because I guess, like, yeah, like I have yeah, the exact we, same. Yeah, we immediately go to like we, we, oh, grab, we grapple deep. with the implications, basically, <laughs> like, instead of laughing at it. Well, well, you know, what you about know, the children. Yeah. <laughs> we well, you know, what's funny is is I I feel like I I know this is going to be the the common comparison, but it's like it. It's not not saying that any of these shows are quote unquote mature and serious or anything like that, but in terms of maturity levels, if I had to rank levels, you know, I would say Transformers Prime is at a echelon of maturity that is above this new show, Robots in Disguise. But I think Robots in Disguise is somewhere in between Transformers Prime and the show Rescue Bots. You know, Rescue Bots feels like it's really targeted to, like, you know, three to, I don't know, seven or eight years old or something like that. Actually, and I think... We're, we're Secret Brothers on that too, Derek, because I was sitting there thinking, I was like, my God, it's like they just hit the middle ground between Prime and Rescue Bots. 
Yeah. Well, I think I think maybe that's what they're shooting for. They're hoping that all these kids that are getting older that were into rescue bots or something like that, maybe now that they kind of outgrew that, like I think they're hoping that they can have those kids start watching the show Robots in Disguise. I mean, I don't I don't think you're going to get too many people that were into Transformers Prime though to to get on board with this show. I mean, I could be wrong. I mean, it's not like, like I said, I, I don't mean to be too disparaging to it. Like, I don't think it's a terrible show or anything, but I just think kind of like what you were saying before, Mike, how you said, oh, you know, this isn't really written for me. And, you know, there, there's yeah. certain aspects of television landscape in general that are just moving away from what we're used to in terms of action-oriented you know, boy cartoons or something like that, you know, whereas, you know, it, it's not, you know, it's obviously not going to be uh, of a caliber of like uh, uh, Batman, the animated series, or even Transformers animated, which is, is a totally different show. You know? Surprisingly good show. Yeah. It's very underrated. Yeah. And that's, a, here's another thing that like Transformers animated had way over both this and even, even prime to some extent, although not as much, Animated also had a healthy dose of fan service and like fan wank. So even like if you if the, the the story wasn't that complicated, you were like, oh look, it's like it's friggin' like Spike and Carly and Daniel walking around like in the city and like or, or you'd be like you know oh look like you know Soundwave has a cassette that turns into Laserbeak or Ratbat or whatever like or so hey he, Rickgar is voiced by Weird Al Yankovic yeah 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 so like you could catch all that stuff and you'd you'd still feel like you were something worthwhile like watching but this like I, I was just like. I was when I first like saw like Grimlock and like in the second well we're getting I'm getting ahead of myself but I was kind of like that's Grimlock like oh like it's kind of yeah. like it's like Grimlock in name only basically. Well, yeah. Derek is very fond of saying it's it's basically Cyborg from Teen Titans more or less. Yeah, that's what but, yeah, um, I was kind of like booyah like it's Grimlock. <laughs> Me <laughs> booyah. <laughs> I was going to bring this up, Derek. I, I noticed this, and maybe this was me again, like like you're saying, we're overanalyzing a kid's show too much. Like, when I was watching this, I got this really weird feeling in the back of my head, and I'm like, holy shit, besides Fix-It and Grimlock, this this could have been Rodimus and Grimlock and Fix-It, because each of the three characters has a major character trait of Rodimus. You have Sideswipe, who's reckless and impulsive, like Rodimus, you have Bumblebee, who's questioning his ability as a leader, like Rodimus. And then you have Strongarm, who like has like a little bit of fanboyishness about her, like Rodimus does for Prime. And I'm like, wait a minute, we just have a much better character who's much more interesting than all three of these guys. Yeah, kind of split up a bunch of characterization. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, why? Why did they do that? I guess we should address the elephant in the room. I know Mike has voiced this a couple of times. But Sideswipe has a couple of funny lines here and there, but goddamn, he's annoying. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know. I think his 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 head design is so stupid. I can't take him seriously. Like, I don't <laughs> like that stupid like spiky. I don't know he's, what he's it is, but he's no, he's literally designed his helmet. It's supposed to be like a helmet. Everybody knows Transformers. They have the face and they have kind of like a helmet. And like his helmet design is supposed to be like a spiky douche boy haircut. Yeah. I don't know. I, could, I I just couldn't take him seriously. 
Like, it, yeah. out of everyone there, like, if anyone would have been a Touchstone character, I guess it might have been Sideswipe, but, like, I don't know, I couldn't, like, I think he did have, like, some of the funniest lines and stuff, but, yeah. He did, I, he did, yeah. He, I yeah, just couldn't, he, he did, I, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't pull the trigger on it, like, I couldn't, like, be like, you know, well, at least Sideswipe is cool in this show, and I'm like, uh, I, I don't feel, know. I feel strange about that, like, I, I feel like I can't. I can't view any, even though they're all named after, like, say, G1 Transformers or, or whatever. I, I mean, I suppose the idea is if you watch Transformers Prime, like, Bumblebee is the character that you would know from that previous show. But even then, like, to me, it's like, just like Grimlock in name only, you know, it's Bumblebee in name only. Like, he, basically, like Tony said, he's more of a Erotimus archetype character. You know, he's he's the young, brash you know, Autobot who is now thrust into the role of leadership type thing. So I, I don't know that I I really related to or, or had a touchstone for, I mean, you know, and obviously like like we keep saying, like this isn't necessarily for us, but but I don't think there was anybody I felt like glomming on to. Like interestingly enough, like a lot of the times if there is somebody like that, and we, we talk about this even though people can't see them a lot of the times, but usually like when we talk about a show, we'll change our, our little avatars on the Skype and kind of put on stuff. And for me, like I've got uh, something that somebody did from DeviantArt that has Sideswipe and Rusty kind of palling around together and everything because I kind of thought it looked cool the way the guy, you know, designed that and everything. And it's got a little logo in the background and stuff like that. And Tony, for instance, he's got Booyah Grimlock, you know, Avatar, you know, going on. And then yourself, Mike, of course, you've got your old standby, which is the, what, the energy sword from, like, what is that, from, like, Almada? Oh, and Energon. Energon. Yeah, that I got a discount and, and, when KB Toys was, like, going out of business. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I guess my point is, it's like, neither of us, even though me and Tony picked something from the show, I, I don't know that we're overly committed to that avatar. It's not like we picked it because we're like, man, that's awesome! It's just kind of like, oh, yeah, I had to pick something, so we picked something. And in your I, case, like, yeah. you didn't even pick anything, Mike. Yeah, so. I, I, I like, thought about it, and then I was like, eh, it's not even worth it. Like, so... It, it, yeah. it really was. It was. It was really like, oh, we're doing red this week, so yeah, fuck it. There, Grimlock looks stupid in that picture. I'll, I'll pick that. <laughs> ah! What are you? What are you? <laughs> what is that? All right, so let, let's, well, I mean, we'll, we can talk about this some more, but let's kind of, we'll, we'll go into the part two and everything. So, of course, we left off with Rusty, you know, worried about his father and everything. And so when we open up, like, basically nobody but Bumblebee really understands what the hell a dad is. So he's got to explain it to, to the rest of these Autobot characters and everything. And, you know, Rusty's already running off to help his dad, but Bumblebee stops him and tells him, look, you, you can't go over there, you're going to get hurt. And then they notice that Grimlock, who basically, like like we talked about before, he's one of these escaped Decepticon prisoners, like he's on the loose as well. And then, like, I, I don't know how to quantify this scene. Like, basically, the way I can describe it to you is Grimlock walks up to them kind of Jurassic Park style in his dinosaur mode, sniffs them, and then runs away. So, like, I, 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 don't, 
I don't know what that was about. Like, uh, it's like, I guess he didn't intend to hurt them. I, I don't really know. It's that, just, that's why I was, like, confused about his allegiance. I'm like, he's supposed to be a Decepticon, right? Should he just be like, fuck you, Autobots? But, yeah, no. He just was like, no. Yeah, I wanna... yeah he kind of... I mean, his motivations are kind of strange, because it's like he he wants to fight with Underbite here, like, basically at this point. You know, like, Bumblebee, you know, is running off after Grimlock and Underbite, because from their perspective, they're both these escaped convicts, kind of. And Underbite is fighting with Grimlock in the junkyard, and then the father that we talked about before, Denny Clay, like, he's kind of oblivious to the whole thing, because he's got this pair of remote, like, headphones that he's got on his head, so he's just kind of humming to himself while these two huge dinosaur-looking dudes are beating the hell out of each other in the junkyard and everything. Basically, and then the... Remember the uh, fight between um, Spidey and uh, Lizard and Amazing Spider-Man and, like, Stanley's like, in the foreground, like, just bopping around with his headphones on? Yeah, yeah, it's it's very much the same thing, although on a... It, it's very much a blip, like, oh, it's yeah. much quicker than that scene, but, yeah, it's the same basic idea and everything. And then the the other Autobots show up and everything, and Rusty grabs his dad, and he's pointing out all these Transformers and everything. So now his father, Denny, is in on this whole, I guess, not that it was a big secret or anything, but basically he's in on this whole craziness that's going on in the middle of his junkyard now and everything. And Grimlock basically is holding off Underbite in this junkyard and everything, and Bumblebee tells Denny to take his son out to someplace safe, and they're thinking, oh, yeah, we're going to go to these caves and everything like that. But before they can even get there, Underbite tosses Grimlock through their kind of office window in the middle of this junkyard and everything. And then even though Underbite basically is feasting on all this stuff in the junkyard, it's like he's he's eating these scrunched up cars that are making a big wall around the junkyard. And so when he eats one of them, you know, it it makes a little window in this series of beat up cars and everything. And then from there, like through that window, he's like, Oh wow, look at that. You know? And it's basically this fictional city known as crown city. And he's going to head out there basically to continue to feed because he knows there's a lot more good stuff for him to chomp a zoid on, I guess, or whatever. The Decepticon! That's cool! Be ready to roll. I'm Sideswipe, and you are... Underbite. Heard of me? You ever been to Nuon City? No. That's cause I ate it! Bumblebee is planning to intercept Underbite, and Grimlock, of course, he wants payback because he got tossed through the office window and everything. And then the father, Denny, is offering to show them, hey, I know a shortcut to the bridge, so you'll beat him there. And then the team basically comes together and is scanning the local vehicles at the junkyard so they can fulfill the fucking title of the series <laughs> and become robots in disguise. Yeah, and for, the first, for the first episode, everybody was, like, tooling around as hover cars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now they're they're fulfilling the, the premise of the title, basically, and they're actually going to be undercover once they head out to the city, which, interestingly enough, they never get to. But anyway, 
Bumblebee, at this point, he actually declares them his team, you know, like, you're now an official team, and our mission is to, you know, stop and recapture all these escapees from the crashed ship and everything like that. And I, then we cut back to Underbite, who's almost made his way to the to the bridge at this point. And I was thinking to myself, man, like, Underbite must be like, uh, I don't know, I know Mike said there were no Easter eggs, but it made me think of Trypticon in a way, because it's like, he's already getting, like, low on energy. And I'm like, weren't you just eating, like, half the fucking junkyard? <laughs> like, every time he eats something, he'll glow, like, purple, and, and it looks like he's he's basically converting it into energon or something like that, and he looks all powered up and stuff. But at this point, like, he's, I guess, you know, the idea is he's been looking around for this this bridge, and it's it's a long haul from the junkyard to the city or something like that so by that point he's like starting to get powered down and everything and by that point bumblebee is already blocking the path to the entrance to the city on that bridge and stuff and then grimlock strongarm and bumblebee are all attacking using this tech that the minicon fix it provided and then it's like First, this is another example of that humor, I guess, quote unquote, that we were talking about. But it's like one of these things where it's like, man, fix it. I love you. And they're, you know, going to pound underbite with this new technological equipment and everything. And then basically it's like the Millennium Falcon and Empire Strikes Back, where by the second time they try to get off some kind of energy blast from this this tech weapons that fix it provided it's kind of like burr, 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 burr. and then of course yeah exactly it's not my fault and then bumblebee's like i take it back fix it you're an asshole <laughs> like basically he's like fix it you're the man fix it you're not the man you know like that's basically what's going on except for it's not as funny as when i said it fix it you are my favorite minicon Fix it, I'm rethinking my rankings. Sideswipe and Rusty then are I guess the 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 I guess heroes or Dusex Machina of the piece to this point, because it looks like they're all about to be doomed and Underbite's gonna eat them all or something like that. And they show up with these like I guess tasty bear collectible things that the dad just bought, it's and like I guess some he was... kind of squirrel cereal fucking mascot thing. I don't know what the fuck thing. It's yeah, yeah, and 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 it almost looked like they were like covered in like you know donut powder or something. But yeah, I, I guess know. it's supposed to be like it's supposed to be like they have like wear and tear on them because they're old collectibles. But to me, I was like, because the guy's eating them, I'm like, oh, it's like a donut that looks like a squirrel bear and. He's eating them, and he <laughs> likes them, you know? And so basically they're, like, luring him away with these... And it's like, instead of going to the city, because obviously he was attracted by the, the city, but now all of a sudden it's like, no, no, got to eat these squirrel bears and shit. And he basically is being led away from the city and everything. And they basically head towards this rock quarry. And I think the plan is they're, they're going to try to push him over the rock quarry and everything. And, you know, they try, I mean, they make a good effort and everything to, to try to knock him down into this rock quarry and everything. 
But what ends up happening is Underbite ends up taking the father, Denny, hostage, because he's, like, driving around in this beat-up old truck and everything. And so they pick up the truck, and he's starting to crush it between his little dinosaur hands or whatever. And then, out of nowhere, just the facts, Prime shows up. <laughs> and he's like, get away. you know, basically he saves the the father and knocks the crap out of underbite, like backhands him down to the rock quarry or whatever and stuff like that. And, I mean, for the most part, that's kind of the climax. Like, Prime gives this pretty speech, and he, like, I don't know, flutters away like Ben Riley into dust or some shit because he's a ghost or whatever. And it's it's this weird kind of nonsensical, like, you guys are doing the best you can, and are you alive? I don't know. Maybe I am... Maybe I'm not. He, he, he literally says, overall, like, I could, I could become solid for a very short time. <laughs> it's like, maybe, just maybe. You know, so the, it, it's, it's very kind of like whatever the writers feel like doing. Like, if they need Prime to show up and be, like, solid for five minutes, he will. But if if the story calls for Prime to be a ghost and it's like, I can't help you because I'm translucent, you know, then that's probably how it's going to go in future stories, too. Probably just based on wanting to pay or not pay Peter Cullen to voice Prime. But, you know, who knows? Will I see you again? I am not certain. The universe has a plan for me. But I do not know what it is. You know, at this point, Underbite is placed back into the stasis pod, and then the junkyard of Denny and Rusty, the, the father and son, is now going to serve as the Autobots' base of operations while they're on Earth. And, of course, Grimlock is sheepishly wondering, like, does that mean I'm going to be placed back in a stasis pod? But as thanks for his help on this first case, Bumblebee declares that he is on probation. And, of course, Grimlock has no idea what that means, but he's happy about it. And he's like, I'm on probation! Booyah! You know, and shit like that. And that that kind of wraps up the the two part pilot robots in disguise. I will say this right now. I know Derek. One of your biggest like tropes that you hate is the new guy coming in, like new villain or new hero coming in and beating the crap out of an established hero and being like, "Ha ha!" You know, like, "Look at me, I'm awesome." Only thing worse than that is two new like teams or like you know new people fighting off. And then the old guy comes in and saves their ass and like, hey, new guys, you suck. Why should we watch you? <laughs> Ghost Prime is like, you guys, like, let me handle this backhand. Yeah. Yeah, that that was kind of, you know, it, it, it smacks of that, like, Yoda at the end of episode two, where it's like, oh, these guys are the main characters and the protagonists, but they don't actually, like, get to solve the problem this time around, you know, which is kind of like, oh, they were working towards something, and it was like somebody else like just scooped in and sort of took that took that climactic victory away from them. But yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, I, I didn't like that. Yeah. I was gonna say like Grimlock was all like, "When I say probation, you say probation. I want probation. You want probation? Probe, probe, probation." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, he's um, he, yeah he's all into that. Well, definitely the the two part. This is definitely like the first one was definitely set up, and this was yeah 
more balls to the wall, like, hence the short synopsis, because it really is just all fighting for the most part, so. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I can, as far as, like, my thoughts on, like, the episode and the premise in general, like, I mean, w- one of the credits that I did key in on was the, I guess, story editor slash producer Adam Beechin, and I am, I'm, I, I won't say I'm a fan of his work, but I am familiar with his work. I mean, he's the guy, Mike, that wrote, like, a lot of those Batman yeah. Beyond comics that, you know, we've been, you know, yucking it up about or whatever. And for me, like, all, all I can think of is he's the guy who wrote that really shitty one year later, Tim Drake Robin run, you know, like where I was like, I, I mean, you know, you know, I didn't care for it. So I'm like thinking to myself, Oh, okay. Well, you know, even though the content is not designed for us per se, I mean, I I can't say like that seeing that name where I was like, Oh yeah, this is going to kick ass. You know, I was like, no, (laughs) like, you know, (laughs) no, that's the saddest thing though, is like, like, all three of us have said at various little small parts here. And like, unfortunately it is the humor. Like there are some funny lines, you know, there's some clever little like jokes, but as a whole, it just does. It, it, they don't matter. You know, it's like you, you're more like, Oh, that's a good joke, but it, it kind of breaks up the flow of the story, you know? Well, I mean, depending on what, what it is they want you to think about and not think about, you know, like yeah. the, the, with the whole, like I eat cities, you know, and you're like, do you eat people? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. That kind of thing. You know, I mean, as far as my take on the show in general, like, I did go on to watch more episodes and everything, but I'm going to be honest, like, it was more like background noise than, like, because, I mean, when I was taking notes for this show, like, I had to focus and pay attention, and I, I wanted to make sure I took some good notes. But, I mean, as far as watching this show for quote-unquote enjoyment, it's the kind of show I, I found myself getting easily distracted while I'm watching it, and I don't think that's a sign of of my enthusiasm or engagement. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't think it does engage me, because I can easily kind of go, oh, yeah, Rusty and this and that, and, you know, and then all of a sudden, before I know it, I'm, like, you know, browsing on the Internet and, you know, looking on Bot Talk and doing all this other stuff, and I'm like, if I was really that engrossed, I wouldn't be doing something else in in the meantime, you know, like that would, it's almost like that's, that show can be a secondary focus where it's just like, oh yeah, it's some, some background noise, you know, while you're doing something else or whatever. And then my, just my last note, and, and I'll let you guys talk about it for a while if you like. The only other thing that I've been thinking about is having watched further episodes and stuff, and I know they said something about, oh, maybe in uh, another season or in future episodes, there may be characters from Transformers Prime that show up. I'm kind of surprised, like, if this is a continuation of Transformers Prime, like, I would have thought, at the very least, like, they could have had Raph, the little kid, and maybe he's grown up now, or a little older or something yeah. because he was like, he was like Bumblebee's like bro, you know, like he was like his main dude in that show. Like, even if it's just, you know, I'm ref now, I'm like totally not five years old. I'm like, you know, 25 now or what, whatever it is. But I just thought maybe he'd like to have some other points of contact that he knew from yeah, before would, to help him on this You would think that would mission. be like the first person Bumblebee would like look up. When he went back to, if he went back to, yeah, yeah, like just or yeah. or you know, if not if not Raph, you know, he, he could 
you know, phone up Ernie Hudson or whatever, unless Underby <laughs> ate him or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah. For 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 it being a continuation, all we really have is Bumblebee. Because even Prime yeah. is like, you know, yeah, not a big player. It's just like, yeah, you know, the, the further adventures of Bumblebee. You know, I was going to ask Mike this. What do you think about the design choice? I don't think we, we haven't touched upon is like pretty much the way they're going is like the Autobots are still Autobots. But like the Decepticons in this series, their robot modes all have a very animalistic look to them. It'll, it'll show up more later. I mean, I've seen the toys and stuff. And like they turn into like cars or like, you know, vehicles. Yeah, and, that's kind of funny where they, they've got like the one guy who's like a buffalo, but he's a buffalo and then he turns into a like truck. And I'm just kind of yeah. like, where where's the you know I I mean you know to me it's like I I always thought of it like oh the Predacons you know like somebody's a buffalo and then they turn into a robot you know what I mean like and it's kind of interesting like some of them don't even have like you know humanoid robot modes at all yeah like like underbite looks like a dinosaur yeah like like I'll be honest where when they said when Fix It says like oh there's like hundreds of Decepticons like loose and fugitives I'm like uh, like who cares it's like a hundred lame Decepticons like you know <laughs> it's a bunch yeah, of yeah. lamers. Well, yeah, it doesn't help that like in the first episode like your main villain no one's ever heard of him. I mean, what does that really say? You know, it's like oh, I'm underbite. I I hate a city and everybody's like, huh? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, maybe if it was, like, if, you know, if it was, like, some, like, even if it was someone we'd never heard of before, if if it was, like, a loose, like, Predacon, like, from the end of Prime or something, like, that would, I felt like maybe that would have been a lot more, like, name, at least there'd be name recognition, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, like, another Predacon, like, they were all, like, big and, like, beasts and stuff, like, that makes sense, but, no, it was just some weird, yeah. It'd be cool, like, if they were, like, you know, it was, like, you know, it, like, especially if they, like, teased it, you know, it was, like, you know, they, if they would have had, like, uh, Fix It be, like, oh, no, no, it was, like, what is, like, like, uh, the special pod was broken out, and it was, like, what was that? It was, like, they held, like, the most five disgusting, like, you know, Predacons ever. They, like, they can even join together and become abominous. It was, like, oh, fuck, that would have been awesome, you know? It's like another point to what I said about like the hundred Decepticons. Like, how dangerous could they have been if like they were transporting a hundred of them on one ship, like controlled or commanded by one like malfunctioning minicon? I mean, like, and where yeah. where where were they transporting them to exactly? Yeah, like, yeah. Apparently, they were flying by or, Earth for some reason. You know? <laughs> well, like, were you going to drop them in the sun? Like, where were they going? <laughs> you know. Yeah, and, and, and again, we're, we're thinking too much about it because it's supposed to be a kid's show. But at the same time, this is something that's been said hundreds of times before, and I know it gets on everybody's nerves. But you can make a kid's show and make it like – it doesn't have to be super mature. It doesn't have to be blood and guts. But you can make it enjoyable, you know, and I'm, I'm going to haul it out, guys. You know what's going to happen. But like Beast Wars, you know, kids could watch that and totally enjoy it, and adults could watch it and be like, hey, I'm not insulted, you know. According to Hasbro, like this this show and Prime are in continuity with the War for Cybertron and Fall for Cybertron <laughs> video games, which you will never ever convince me is possible. So, like, 
Yeah, this is this is this is the same universe where you're just mowing people down with a fucking like yeah, like uh, well, it's like like Grimlock, Grimlock and Fall for Cybertron is like you know basically Marvel Comics Grimlock. So you're gonna tell me that guy is the same as the Grimlock that shows up in these episodes? Like I don't think so. Yeah, and like, you know, like I was just saying in the past, but was like, you know, sideswipes this guy who carries around a big gun and just mows people down. You know? Yeah. It's like, no, no, see, the guy in War for Cybertron is Grimlock, and this guy, he'll he'll be retconned in a few months to be like Dimlock. Dimlock. <laughs> Grimlock Jr. I will say, there, there, was, there was points. Like I said, there was, like, some of the humor was funny. And usually it was, like, it was more character base like the voice the voice acting is actually really good i'll give that the, the voice acting is, is is fine but like a lot of the like you know like derek said a lot of the seriousness it just doesn't follow through you're like is this supposed to be serious at any point or is this just supposed to be a joke show and you know as we've all said it's supposed to be a kid show we understand that but like if it's not supposed to be serious at all and it's supposed to be an action show the action doesn't have a payoff if it's not serious. You know, there has to be, like, some kind of, like, at least suspension of disbelief that there's actually, you know, like, ooh, they might get killed. You know, they don't have to die. You know, it's a well, good not, not not to get too heavy into it, but I think there is some kind of political slant to having a bunch of characters that are Transformers that are supposedly police, and they're running around not killing anybody. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, like that. Oh, we're all gonna put them in stasis pods, and everything's gonna be hunky dory by the end of the show, and everything like that. I mean, I think there is is a slant to that. You know, not not to get too deep into it, but I mean, you know, so it, if you think about it, like Transformers Prime, and going back to what Mike said, War for Cybertron, they were at fucking war. But yeah. at this point, it's like, oh, we're kind of, you know, quote unquote, we're at peace. You know, now, do you know what I mean? Like when they're when they're on Cybertron, it's referred to as the Cybertronian Museum. Conceivably, like there there are no factions on Cybertron right now. You know, like at, at the home per se, except for this shipload of fucking dumbass rejects that are being shipped to get dumped into the fucking sun or wherever they were going. You know, so yeah, and and that's probably why they they did the Grimlock thing with him being a Decepticon because they gave themselves an out. They're like all the Autobots, you know, they have these little piddly like pea shooters that don't hurt anybody. And like, oh, they're nonviolent. And they're like, oh, our violent character. Oh, he was a bad guy before. That's why he doesn't understand violence is bad. That's why he's like, you know, allowed to punch people, you know. Yeah. And then I think also it fits in their their thematic tone for the Decepticons that they're all somewhat, you know, beast animalistic based as well. And it's like. Oh, I, I did think it was funny that, like, Underbite referred to him as a Dinobot, even though he was clearly supposed to be a Decepticon, you know? So it was like, yeah. well, what? But, you know, whatever. <laughs> did you fuck up your uh, factions? <laughs> yeah. I really, like, wanted to see, like, a, a animated Grimlock that wasn't, like, either a dummy or, a, you know, or, or, I don't know, just something closer to, like, yeah, like, the, the fall of Cybertron, like, uh... Grimlock or Marvel Comics Grimlock where he was sort of a like you know I guess a Wolverine type almost like you know yeah. where but I don't this Grimlock's just like it's almost like he's like the new bulkhead almost like he's a big dumb giant yeah like, 
Yeah. And it's not like he's like Well well the the we're talking about like future episodes and stuff. Like one of the more recent episodes it's like, because he's clearly a dinosaur, right? So there's the scene where they're like, okay, we're all going to the city, uh, you know, sh- you know, uh, strong arm, sideswipe, come on, let's go, and everything. And Grimlock's like, I can't come to, like, bust some heads? And he's like, look, Grimlock, like, you don't, you can't transform into a car. Like, you're not, you're not a robot in disguise, basically. Like, you cannot come to the city where there's people and stuff. And then the big joke of it is, he's like, wait, wait, wait. I can do it. I've been working on something. I've been working on something. And he goes like behind the junkyard and he's pulling out all these parts and everything. And then he comes out and it's like, basically he's like, look at me, I'm a car. And he's got like a couple wheels that he's holding like wheel bars, like on his feet and on his arms. And he's like, beep, beep, honk, honk, vroom, vroom, you know? (laughs) And they're just kind of like, no, you know? And it's like, okay. I mean, but that's basically what, that character is supposed to be now. I mean, he he can be sort of imposing, I guess, when needed, but for the most part, yeah, he's going to be that kind of big, goofy, dumb, you know, bulkhead-type character. Yeah. That's funny you say that, Derek, because the picture I actually got, even though it's just his face from my avatar, the rest of his body is in the car. It is from oh, that is episode. that? Yeah, <laughs> is that from that episode where he's got, like, the wheels and everything? Yeah. yeah. Uh, not this time, Grim. We'll be close to downtown, and you don't... No! No! I've been working on looking like an Earth-based vehicle. Just hang on. One second. Oh, you're gonna love this. Almost done. Check it out. I'm a truck. Vroom, vroom! Honk, honk. <laughs> Right? Yeah? Oh, come on! I don't know if I have too much more to say about this. Will I give it a shot in the future? I mean, I'm a very open-minded person. I thought Prime sucked ass when it first started. But a couple episodes were okay. They were not bad. And I watched those. People were like, hey, you should check out this episode. It's pretty good. I'm like, okay, fine. Animated thoughts was going to suck balls before I saw it. And then as soon as it started, I was like, holy shit, this is quality. This is some good shit. So if Rid, like, gets better and, like, you know, there's some kind of progression, I'll be more than happy to give it a shot. But I'm like, Mike, for a pilot, this was just a very lukewarm pilot. It was just like, yeah, they're, they're Transformers, all right. <laughs> well, I mean, to be completely fair, I, I remember, even though when I really, really got into Beast Wars, it was when they did the whole you know, agenda and all that other kind of stuff. But, you know, I did, I remember doing pay-per-view and watching the two-part pilot of Beast Wars. And that was back when I was like, what? A monkey? You know, what? Like, you know, about monkey, yeah. You know, and, and you, you had that thing where I watched the two episodes and I was like, oh, cool, Transformers, I'll, I'll watch this. And then and then I watched it. I was just kind of like, wait, they're not really Megatron. Did, are they, like... You know, like, it's not really, you know, and, and it just, in other words, that my first impression of it was certainly not the warmest of receptions, you know? And so, I mean, just because some things start out that way, like you said, who knows, you know, maybe there'll be a cool, you know, uh, in my estimation, like the Wheeljack episode of Prime was a really cool one, you know? So it's like, yeah, maybe yeah. there'll be 
maybe there'll be a Wheeljack episode that comes up. You know, who knows? Maybe when, when Drift-sama shows up on the show, it'll be something fun or whatever. I, you know, who knows? So. I, know, I, I yeah. skipped that. Like, the only other episode I watched, I skipped ahead and watched the Jazz episode because I was like, oh, maybe Jazz will be, like, a good Touchstone character. But I was... I mean, he was okay, but it wasn't like, oh, I gotta watch this show for jazz now, you know, basically. Mm, yeah. But whereas it animated, know. when jazz showed up, you're like, I want to watch this show for jazz. Yeah, jazz was cool. Yeah, but that this jazz was just like, well, it's like once you've seen one jazz, you've seen them all, basically. You know, it's like I'm cool and collected, and I play music, basically. You know, but uh, I don't know. And then I know, yeah, this Drift shows up, and then, like, I, I guess Windblade shows up in an episode, too. So, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. But, like, okay. which uh, might be interesting to see, but I don't know. Otherwise, like, uh, I don't really have much compulsion to, like, keep watching this show, basically. I, I don't know. I feel like I watched, like, seven or eight episodes already. Like, there's probably only, like, four or five more, right? So. <laughs> um, I, I, this... I, I will give it a, I will give it a solid... It's better than a Armadaverse. That's about all I can give it. I mean, well, at least yeah. It, I mean, it's competently produced. I mean, that's more than you can say about Armada, like where they just rushed yeah. it out, like they shit it out onto TV, basically. It, this this might be interesting to you guys because I don't know if you've seen this or not, but I, I didn't I didn't read it. But the free comic book day uh, issue of like this, it was a like a an. Uh, an R.I.D. like story, like an because uh, I.D.W. is doing a comic tie-in for this cartoon, and um, mm-hmm. I guess at like at it, it's like a I, I didn't read it, but like I guess at the end, like they directly tie into Prime and show that like Ultra Magnus and Bulkhead and R.C. are like keeping track of Bumblebee, basically, where they're like, what, where is Bumblebee going? Why is he going to Earth or whatever? There's a quick scene ah, on them. So. Okay, that's interesting. And and, right. and how awesome would that have been in the show? I mean, that would have been a great little like you know, one minute like little like scene, just like the old crew like you know, oh, what's Bumblebee up to? But did did but you know, usually comics are better about that kind of stuff. So well, and then probably it, too, then they didn't want to hire like Michael Ironside and, like, and like, all line, these yeah. other folks. You know, one line. What's Bumblebee doing? Yeah. So I mean, I I, I I will say like this didn't affect me badly as far as watching it. I wasn't like you know like oh I'm so angry, but I think it might be actually telling that what might be worse is that I was apathetic. You know, it's it's different if something makes you angry because you're like you know at least drew an emotion out of you when you're just like whatever. I don't. I think that's kind of worse. Yeah, it's like I can't. I don't. I'm not even interested in watching the show to like hate on it. Basically, yeah. that's how. Like, yeah, it's like, man, like forget it. <laughs> like, it, you're not even worth my time. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch Beast Hunters again and get pissed off at that. <laughs> at least like Prime and like yeah, even Beast Hunters, where like I, I'd watch it, I'd be like, oh yeah, like you know, Ultra Magnus is cool. Like yeah, Michael Ironside's voicing him. Like I'll watch that. Like, but this has like nothing basically, that compels me to keep watching. <laughs> That's the greatest tagline for a show ever. Transformers Red, it's got nothing. <laughs> it's got nothing. I, I think it's got the way that uh, Strongarm says, you're a punk. <laughs> I like that. I like that. 
right? Like, uh, what was the joke? Was it's it like, the... it's like you, you, you show, you suck, you suck. Why don't you, why don't you go uh, tell some <laughs> bad jokes? Well, what was the joke? Um, maybe it was the same, the same line where I forgot where she asked sideswipe, and he's like, no, no, no. All right, yes. You like I forgot that. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah, the same. That's yeah, the same okay, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that that made me laugh. But other than that, yeah, it was kind of like, eh. yeah, it was, it was during the exchange. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, well, just like you said, Mike. As far as anything else, I've got nothing. I've pretty much vented my spleen on that. So it's it's kind of sad because like sight unseen, like. If you told me, like, if they wrote up a blurb for this show, and it would it'd be like, you know, Bumblebee leads a team made up of, you know, Sideswipe, Grimlock, Fix-It, and Strongarm, like, on a, on Earth alone, like, and I'm, I'd be like, oh, that sounds kind of interesting. But, like like I said, it's all these characters in name only, basically. If it was a more, like, G1-styled Sideswipe and Grimlock and Fix-It even, because, like, like, they, like, I was like, oh, like I've always thought Fix It was a good name, and you know, as as he originated with like the G1 MicroMaster, so I was like, oh, I was about to say, yeah, they could even do they could even do the the Minicon thing because he was a MicroMaster, yeah, yeah. So like, if if it was a little like you know, guy white color, white and red colored guy, like turned into an ambulance, I'd be like, oh, that's a really nice, neat like homage to like the the original MicroMaster, but no, he's a friggin' apparently rung colored like little piece of crap so you know forget it then <laughs> he's 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 a rung colored rat trap from beast machines yeah <laughs> yeah by the way i just want to let everybody know rung is really fucking cool don't let these guys <laughs> <laughs> it's, n- it's not a reflection on rung that he's colored like shit <laughs> 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 Friend you on Facebook real quick. No, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's it's not the most ringing endorsement, but we we were curious to to take a look at this series and, and give our thoughts, and we we certainly have given our thoughts and everything. If you guys listening have any comments, questions, concerns, if you uh, think that I don't know, Underbite is like the coolest, most awesome, awesome sauce Decepticon ever and you want to fight with us on the internet you can email us at fanholespodcast at gmail.com we are on the fanholespodcast.blogspot we are on podbean you can listen to us streaming via stitcher radio we are on itunes we are on all kinds of social medias like facebook and twitter and tumblr and we have an instagram with fun photos and stuff like that and we appreciate all the likes and feedbacks that we get on all the various series. Just keep in mind, this is Transformers Tuesdays as part of the Fanholes Network. And we also have other side shows that you may enjoy, like Mobile Suit Mondays, Toku Thursdays, Sentai Saturdays, and of course, the Fanholes podcast proper. So we hope you've enjoyed listening tonight. And until the next time, make mine Obi-Wan Prime Nobi. This is Derek, Derek WC, signing off. Hey, it's Michael, and instead of boo, yeah, I guess I'll just say boo, no. (laughs) (laughs) This is Tony, and you will believe that every Transformer has really big, thick, bushy eyebrows. Transform, the future,
<laughs> when I say I want, you want pie, I want fuck no. <laughs> no. No. The music just, like, cuts out dead. Like, no. No. Get the record scratch and Just no. Yeah. Poor Will Friedel's like, I wish Thundercats was still on. <laughs> He's like, he's like sitting there like, God damn, I'm glad Full House is coming back. <laughs> What's, what is, what is the awful, like, horrible threat that, like, forces Optimus Prime to come back to life? Underbite. <laughs> like, Galvatron? Like, Megatron's back? Unicron's back? Like, what's going on? Like, what's happening? Oh, this, this one dude that, like, a bunch of us, like, can't be... He, he ate a Holy city. Shit, he ate a city. city. <laughs> like, like, well, I guess that's bad, you know. They're like, Derek, you want to know what happened to Raph? Underbite ate him. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I hope actually, I hope Underbite eats. Uh, what's her face? Um, Miko. <laughs> yeah, I hope Underbite <laughs> Miko. <laughs> maybe like maybe the whole time like on his primary to go to he was like doing research he's like holy shit there are people in that city <laughs> I'm just I'm just thinking of like like Bumblebee like rolls into like town and he's like man I'm finally gonna go visit like my my pal Raph like and then he's like what the and there's like a monument to Raph and it's just as like here lies Raph underbite ate him like, like no, no! What'd be funnier is he comes to visit Raph at, like, that mountain compound, he's like, hey guys, what's up, what's going on? And then you just see, like, Underbite flat on his back, and his arms are on, like, a big belly, and he's like, eh. <laughs> no! No! Ah, oh, Raph. We... I knew ye, Horatio. <laughs> Or maybe like like underbite just crippled Raph, so he's in like a sort of like Stephen Hawking chair now, and now he has to talk with beeps like sitting only Bumblebee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Raph, what happened? <laughs> he's like Captain Pike or that's something. They, that's how they that's how they save. See executives, if you're listening, that's how you save on. Not hiring the the actor who previously played. Rad. Don't have him talk. Yeah, he's like friggin' Captain Pike or something. He's like you just see his head sticking out of like this friggin' box. Like <laughs> it's like the red blip means no, the green blip means yes. No, no, it's like a little screen. The yellow like, blip means call Ghost Optimus Obi Wan. <laughs> I was about to say, like, a little screen if it's like an Autobot symbol that flashes, it means yes, and a Decepticon means no. <laughs> Yeah, uh, this is better, Dirk. <laughs> I like to call it. All of these are, ideas are better than anything that will ever be in the show, probably. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> I feel like Grimlock. Maybe he's not really a Decepticon. Maybe he just got drunk on Energon one night and went to the tattoo parlor, and he's like, "I want, I want a Decepticon symbol." It's like, but you're not a Decepticon. You're a Dinobot. I know, man. It's gonna be crazy. Put it on my shoulder. <laughs> oh yeah. I was wondering if he had Alzheimer's because it'd be like, remember when you helped us, like, you know, the feeling, like, I think I do. I did that, right? I'm like, oh, my God. He's like fifth stage Alzheimer's. <laughs> Me, Steve, Bash, Deceptive, what? <laughs> you know? Say what? <laughs> Who are you? 
Oh man, that was, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, you know, like uh, I have to have to shake it off. Shake it off. I do like how they gave Bumblebee like that whole new look to make him like look all buff and like you know commandery and stuff, and just didn't do shit. <laughs> you know, know what I did forget? Know what I did forget to mention is. Uh, I think, like, the only thing I like a lot out of this new show is the Japanese theme song. I don't know if you guys saw, like, the Japanese opening for this show. No. That, um, I don't know, but it, it's got all, like, that English in it, where it's like, I was, like, singing it in the shower after I watched it, where it's like, it's like, don't cry, don't cry, speed up! Like, I don't know, well, I forgot. <laughs> but, like, I was, like, singing it to myself. Don't cry, don't cry. Like, save the future, speed up. <laughs> I don't know. I save the future by taking some speed up my nose. What? Yes, I don't know. The enemy will eat your city. <laughs> it will taste good. Yeah. I don't know. Just use you, you try to find the Japanese song and use it as like the outro. Or nice. Something. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that'd be cool, yeah. <laughs> oh, satisfy, you're so cocky, I'm a I'm really fast, you're a dick. Stop doing donuts in the memorial. <laughs> this is Cry for the memorial. 